0: Hi, everyone. Uh, this is the latest episode of Dialogues on Applied Channel, Channel Theory. I'm Jonathan in Beijing, and today I'm with talking to uh, Yafim, who is in Portland. Uh, hey, Jeremy. How are you? Good, good. And um, today's the big topic is on the five minds. It sounds like a pretty intense topic, but I think it's quite fascinating. And uh, Yafim, you've been lecturing on this for quite a while, right? This topic.
1: Well, uh, Actually, I just started... Lecturing specifically on this topic recently, I've been talking in bits and parts for a while, but I just recently last year when we taught taught in France, I uh, did a day on that or half a day on it. Yeah, okay. I kind of. Pray we could do a two-day seminar in Poland.
0: Okay. So what? Um, when you? Why are you interested in this topic? And what? Like when you were lecturing it in France, how did you teach this topic on the five minds? Or what are the well, five the, minds?
1: What five minds? <laughs> Well, you know, the, the reason we call it Five Minds, you know, the term is Wu or Wu Tsang. And um, Jason, Jason Robertson, uh, translated, translates it as Five Minds. It's really, it's five wills. Sometimes in the United States we call it Five Spirits. So, and um, this is the topic, I mean, I learned very little at school besides this, you know, this is this spirit that kind of resides in the organ and that's pretty much it but um after studying with dr wong and specifically first uh really first one of the first trips oh sometime in early 2000s when we did a discussion in nanjing five minds came up and i was completely blown away and fascinated in the depth and um of the discussion that happened and the aspect of it that i've never thought about before so since then i've been kind of uh playing with it in the clinic and thinking about it. And um, I do treat, or used to treat quite a bit of uh, mental emotional disorder, psych emotional disorders. And so that seemed to be very helpful and interesting. Anyway, so I've been wanting to talk about this for years. So finally, recently, I uh, started to talk about the seminars. I've taught, I talked about this in the classroom when I taught, yeah.
0: So, what was it that Dr. Wang, when he lectured about the five minds, what was it that really that you found quite fascinating? Or how was it different from your previous understanding?
1: Well, the thing is, uh, Dr. Wang had this idea, and it makes sense the way, you know, to look at the five minds and its relation to seven emotions and kind of put it in context of it's pretty much the way we view Chinese medicine psychology, the interaction between the Innate predisposition, or innate, uh, for better word, uh, psychological makeup, with the everyday interaction with the outside world, which is the the way we look at seven emotions. So the one way to think of five minds is is this something we're born with? This innate predisposition that we get from our parents and you know the ancestors, you know, and then as we go on through life, we each day uh, interaction with outside world kind of reshapes them and shapes them to help, to help us establish our psychological makeup. I know it's very wordy. You know, the five minds, obviously, you know we, I think we all know sort of what we're talking about, you know, the Po, the Shen, the Yi, the Hun, and the Jho, right, and then reside in you know, the five organs, you know, the lung, the heart, spleen, liver, and kidney, obviously. And then each of these dumb organs also have their own uh, emotions that we tend to attribute to. And um, so the, if you think about uh, Chinese medicine and how we talk about emotions, seven emotions, mainly we talk about it as a cause of disease, but if you really think about it, this is how we interact with everyday interaction in the world it happens to express some of these emotions, right?
0: So these emotions like the seven emotions are also normal feelings that we can express right they're just everyday reactions yeah
1: Yeah. yeah, they're not pathological though now when you don't express the emotions properly or over express it under express it then uh, that happens because of pathology or it's the way you express it to be pathological but yeah this is just uh, seven emotions is just the way we interact with the world Mm -hmm.
0: so what's the connection between this or connection between the seven emotions and the five minds
1: well, so the health of seven emotions depends on health and five minds, right? So if, this, if five minds are innate ability that we're born with and then uh, we develop as we grow up, I mean, as we deal with the world, and the way we deal with the world, world is to seven emotions. If you have a healthy predisposition, healthy innate ability or ability developed ability, then seven emotions are healthy. But if seven emotions, uh, I mean, if the five minds are not healthy, then your s- expression to outside world, which is seven emotions, might not be as healthy too. Now, but it's an interesting thing, because even if you have healthy emotions, certain events could of the world that we have no control with could impact, you know, there's war, there's pandemics, there's terrible family, you know, there's. Countless things that we as humans uh, you know um, in, you know endure or we process or deal with every day that could have a negative, especially if they severe have negative impact on our five minds it's a very, it's fascinating. I've thought about it for years. It's why some people go to tremendous hardship and yet emotionally they do well uh, right throughout their life. and some mm-hmm. people through what maybe not as much of a hardship and and still have you know lots of psychological issues and mental emotional issues and that's kind of a complicated way of looking at this relationship between what we're born with that innate ability that we also is this something we develop and shape through our life and our ability to live a you know have a healthy interaction with the world, yeah.
0: So, so you're saying, that, so on the one hand, the five minds are something that we inherit, right? That we inherit from our parents, or ancestors, but at the same time, yeah, like, as you uh, experience the world, experience your society and your interactions interaction with society and life, that can shape your five minds too. Is yes, what, so yes. you inherited
1: five minds. Yeah, exactly. But I think, and again, you know, I'm not a psychologist, no medical doctor or researcher, but I think from the first moment we open... Our mouth and start crying and uh breathing on their own outside of the womb we have start experiencing the world and that experience starts right away shaping this you know the five minds yeah
0: can you just uh go over each of the five minds for people that are not too familiar with it sure so
1: the pore which relates to the lung and resides within the lung and um Poor you know frequently translated as corporeal soul something very um very grounded and uh something that very very uh, has very strong they compared to animal soul something that has very strong body like substance it's very rhythmic too in nature it's very um not decisive but because it relates to the lung and you know lung. Is one organ that is voluntary, uh, you know, voluntary and voluntary, right? Uh, so we breathe because of act of breathing, and we breathe whether we want to breathe or not, uh, right? So it lung has this kind of rhythmic, steady process that it sets in the body with many things, with helps digestion and per, you know peristalsis, or circulation of blood. I mean, all the rhythmic processes uh, in the body kind of regulated by the lung. And so corporeal soul, because it resides in, uh, in the lung, has this kind of like steady, when it's healthy, steady rhythmic um, ability kind of makes us move through things in very specific, organized way. And when it's injured, a person loses that ability, and clinically mainly I see people going through serious grief. Usually injures uh, the poor.
0: Mm-hmm. In what way? How would it? How would it present present itself clinically?
1: Well, with you know, with depression, you know, obviously with depression. Now, depression is a complicated word. There's many, at least in Chinese medicine, there's many ways to look at depression, and so people are unable to follow through tasks. They are depressed. It's hard for them to get up and go through, th- move through things. Uh, you know, obviously the crying and you not know, the grief. To be clear, the grief is not pathological. I mean, if somebody dies or there's a loss in your life, proper, proper amount of grief is warranted. If you don't grieve, that means it's also not good. That's, it's pathological. You know, most humans grieve. Mm-hmm. Now, when grief becomes detrimental to one's health, when it lingers for a long time. And there's some people say there's a certain amount of grief, that specific months or whatever it is that the person's supposed to have and then they get better. Well, um, you know, it depends on type of grief, depends on the person. And it's just, diffi- you know, it's difficult to judge or uh, put account of what's appropriate amount of grief. But clinically, when we one thing we can see when the grief becoming, becomes pathological is, uh, effect, you know, negative effect in the body. Actually, affects the, l- the lungs, people affect their breathing function.
0: Yeah. Would you see like the poor also like this idea of like stamina, like the ability to, like you're saying, to rhythmically carry out a task or finish a task, but also like that ability to just stick to it and like complete the task?
1: Absolutely. The one thing that poor allows people to do in this rhythmic way, follow through things. And it's almost like, Ability—it's not a word, but the stick stick to in this right? Mm-hmm. You people, um, the one used to say, politicians have very good pull to be able to kind of follow through and get up. You know, you have to have, um, you know, whatever you know, you have to have this strong ability to go from point A to point B and follow through things no matter what and kind of mm-hmm. yeah, and that's absolutely uh, people with strong, long, strong pull. Have, mm-hmm. you
0: know, who have that ability. Yeah. So once we all uh, everyone hears about the poor, right, in school, then the next question they ask is what is a hún? right? What is the the when which is oh, yeah. related to the liver? How do we understand that? What's the difference between the two? Well
1: hún uh, is interesting. Hun is, uh, um, so both uh, both poor and hún. Uh, you know there's relationship between poor and the whole. one is Po is a corporeal soul, that's how it's translated, and Hoon is ethereal soul. In the character of both Po and Hoon there's, you know, there's this ghost character, right? So they kind of, but as much as Po tends to wanna be and is rooted and grounded and kind of like rhythmically moves, Hoon is wild child, wants to run around and play around and never wanna be grounded, but they're grounded by blood. So hun obviously relates to liver and it resides within the blood and the proper amount of blood, healthy amount of blood, healthy quality of blood makes hun stay within, within the blood and not go off, uh, go off wandering around, especially when we sleep.
0: So you mean like sleepwalking?
1: Sleep, not just, yes. Sleepwalking, but, um, sleepwalking is extreme kind of a degree of this. So at night also people talking to sleep, people, so even talk, type, you know, some people talking to sleep, I don't know, they don't know what to say. And that's also related to whom, it's kind of like a mild version of uh of sleepwalking. Or just lots of dreams that uh, like all over the place, move around and stuff Th- that could be related to,
0: to so like what about in like the daytime like like if we say the ethereal soul has to be held in by, grounded by blood right liver blood so if there's yeah. not grounded in that blood, then what happens? How does it express itself or present itself
1: Well, usually if somebody has you know if hoon is not grounded and it's not just and there is a quality of blood issue there could be you know, certain type of depressions and certain type of, um, certain type of de- depressions and men, uh, and emotional issues that we usually um, think when we think of uh, like menstrual issues. It doesn't just happen in women, it happens in men too. But because women, you know, menstruation, loss of blood, mm-hmm. frequently we, you know, uh, we think of that and so, there could be timidity and kind of like this kind of, not, not anger. Usually I don't see the excess anger stuff doesn't happen. It's opposite, like timidity, kind of doubting and kind of uh, worrying. I'm I'm, try, I'm worried. Now I'm worried about using the term worry because it's complicated. Usually we say worrying clean, but I see worry with many different emotions. I mean, many different organs, because worry is a complicated word, especially when it comes to psychological, different types of worries.
0: Yeah, that yeah. makes sense, definitely, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, worrying could also probably affect the organs in a different way, too. Each of the organs could be oh, affected absolutely.
1: by absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, because worry is not just process, like, obsessively thinking. It also could be doubting. It could mm-hmm. be wor- worry. It could be scared worry. It could be, you know, there's different types of worry, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the interesting thing, so um, there's this uh, relationship between uh, hun and the po that we normally say, you know, the po kind of roots the hun, but really uh hun's really being driven by shen. And it's because, you know, the heart, and shen resides in heart, you know, kind of circulates, um, you know, circulates uh, the blood and kind of circulates, uh, the hun with it. There is a saying that wherever, uh, wherever Shen goes, the hoon follows. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the saying that I didn't say. That is from Dr. Wong. So, and also the other thing, you know. Of course, when we talk about the hoon, this uh, we normally know about ability to making uh, decisions, right? So people that have difficult to make and make impulsive decisions, you know. Frequently, people with that's not work, you know, not acting properly will have difficulty with that. Remember, because liver is like a general, right? It's planning. So ability to plan, to make rational decisions, to set, you know, that's, that when you have a healthy hund. that's what, uh, that's what should happen. Um, now, you make a decision, to carry a decision out, you need a healthy power, right? hmm But to make a decision is, is definitely, definitely a horn. I've had actually a few um, cases. The one I thought about, I was thinking about it yesterday, somebody I told years ago, uh, treated years ago. And um, he was really one of the most severe cases of sleepwalking I've had.
0: OK. Um, what, what happened? What was his issue? Well, I mean.
1: Well, normally he used to get up, this guy used to get up and go eat in the middle of the night. And then the one time when I was practicing in Vermont, uh, this guy um, uh, wandered in the snow in the middle of winter, naked, outside, got in the car. I was about to drive away. His partner went out and got him. <laughs> yeah, he didn't remember anything. Yeah.
0: And then what happened? How did you treat him?
1: Well, I used to treat. So I used to treat this guy for he had quite a few uh, serious illnesses. So I used to treat him for years, and then we became friends because you know small town. Ended uh, up him and his uh, husband, and we became friends. So anyway, uh, so one of the things I did I treated, uh, besides other things, but when sleepwalking got bad, I treated the hoon and the liver, mm-hmm. and I'll talk about maybe in a little bit. You know, I like combining well. It dep- obviously it depends. You have to do diagnosis and palpate. I still palpate for everything, obviously. But um, I end up treating the, you know, the Hun point and probably some other point. But the thing I w- like to do is combine source points and back shoe points. So there's source back shoe and a Hun. Mm-hmm.
0: Why, why the back shoe points?
1: I like combining. So frequently for treating um, well, first, I don't do a lot of back treatments in general. I also, as, as you know, I do very few, mm-hmm. try to do very few needles. So when I actually I'm treating, uh, utilizing five minds, this is one time I use more needles than normal for me. And uh, uh, in general, there's one point pair, the classical point pair, or at least my interpretation of this classical point pair, that I really like uh, source points with back shoe points. Mm-hmm. It should be very tonifying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 25 specifically for the organ itself. So I found that when, um, when one of five minds is weakened or, or has difficulty when I want to strengthen it, I frequently will use a source point and back shoe point point together with that, that outer shoe point, point to do that. And usually I don't just do one back shoe point or one outer shoe point, I so usually at least combine with one more again, depends, but yeah.
0: So for this patient you were saying who had the sleepwalking, you were doing like liver three with the liver Baxter point?
1: Actually, I was thinking, so actually on him, I did liver three and liver eight. So Mm -hmm. I want to regulate and tonify, uh, you know, the liver. And then I did UB18 and um, UB47, right? Mm -hmm. And then I believe I also, I, you know, it's, been quite a few years, ago. Uh, quite a few years, over 15 years. So, but I, th- I believe I
0: did also the pole. Okay. I
1: think shan I don't remember, but, but that was the main thing. I remember doing that. Okay. Um,
0: yeah. So when you're, when you're doing this, when you decide to use the back shoe points, are you also trying to find changes like uh, based on palpation too? Like, do they have to have well, any so kind I'll of change palpate- on the back shoe points or those like points related to the five minds?
1: Well, um, I, you know, I don't, it's really hard for me to palpate the back shoe points and get enough information unless it's obvious or other shoe points, but I do palpate the due channel and I palpate, you know, right next to the due channel, like, like, Mm -hmm. and I look for changes there.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. And again, not everybody, though, I see a mental emotional disorders, I right away, do other shoe point. I mean, I do this treatment, normally I don't do other stuff, in treatment of depression. Uh, it's just when it warrants um, the kind of, if there's something really deeply uh, affected on it, shows me that's the problem uh, within the kind of this deeper emotional, you know, makeup or something, I'll try to address it.
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes so you will you do? Oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Will you use needles or do you use moxa on, on oh, the back
1: Usually Usually do needles. If somebody's really weird, I might do moxa somewhere else. I one thing I was going to say, I frequently my needle do point to
0: mm-hmm. on the back. Okay. But it depends. Okay, and the dew point you're finding based on palpation, I, I assume.
1: Of course,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um. Just can you okay? So we talked about the when the poa. Can you just review what the shen is, the spirit? And we know it's related yeah, to the heart, uh, but
1: yeah. Well, also, you know, I actually, uh, I'm not a, I'm not a Chinese speaker, even though I did. I think I put semi valiant effort over the years to study, and now I'm well. Anyway, but uh, I like actually not to say shen because shen. It's a complicated word in Chinese. Word in Chinese language, and so I say "shen ming." Ming is like the clarity of the shen, right? Of your mind, clarity of the mind, right? And even with the uh, with the heart, heart. We frequently think, "Oh, heart relate the emotion relate to heart is joy, right?" Mm-hmm. Uh, but then somehow, especially students, forget that uh, actually all emotions relate to heart. And the reason I bring this up so one thing um, Shen or Shen Ming does so our ability to recognize the environment around us to recognize everything that's going on to be able to um, have this innate intelligence that's related to Shen so to be able to process any emotion whether it's anger sadness or worry you have to have a clear shen so you can understand it so heart frequently and shen plays a role in uh, mental emotional issues especially long term um, so besides uh, you know obviously people that have disturbed shen and again i don't like using disturbed shen because it's overused i think but problems with the shen you have mild um, Miles uh, presentation, like somebody's being easily distracted. This could be just, you see that with kids a lot. It's not like this, Shen is disturbed, but there's some, uh, maybe something related to Shen. They uh, enable to kind of follow, kind of uh, follow through all the way to the point of uh, cognitive issues, whether it's adults with uh, or older people with dementia and you know, Alzheimer's as, uh, you know, the, or, people with developmental issues, you know, kids with developmental, or not just kids, developmental issues, when there's difficulty to make, to see environment clearly, the world, to ability to recognize uh, and act appropriately. When I say appropriately, what's deemed normal in society, right? Because uh, that ability is, uh, when the Shen is injured, the ability could get affected. Then it's hard to make these intuitive leaps that we normally do every day, you know.
0: What about people who are, like, overly aware or overly clear of their surroundings? Like, they're aware of every tiny <laughs> detail around them. Is that, would that be part of that, too, you think?
1: I, well, well, the, uh, I'm just thinking if, um, my wife, um, Jane, as you know, accuses me sometimes to be able to hear and see everything. <laughs> Um, <laughs> though i don't think i'm overly aware of my surroundings but um i'm definitely not scared of my surroundings but it's interesting yes i think people hypervigilance people yeah. that hypervigilant which makes them uneasy right if somebody's hypervigilant they kind of cool and calm and relax it's fine but people that hypervigilant overly aware that usually comes from some kind of i think high, heart kidney from fear affecting the heart kind of like Always and ready to bounce or something, yeah.
0: Okay, <laughs> are you giving yourself a self-diagnosis or no?
1: <laughs> no, no, I think I'm fine. I think it's been teaching the classroom for the, over twenty years. I have, I develop ability to see what and hear every, even as my hearing gets getting worse. See and hear, and what other students do all the time. It doesn't matter how small.
0: So for people who attend your classes, they have to be uh, hyper-vigilant too, (laughs) I guess, like hyperly focused on your class?
1: Well, I've gotten more relaxed over the years. Um, um, Not seminars, just class actually in acupuncture school.
0: Okay. Um, So, okay, we talked about the spirit and how about the zhi, like what's related to the will, I guess we call the will, Mm -hmm. and it's related to the kidney?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm trying to think if I want to say anything about more about heart. You know. I'm, oh, sorry, uh,
0: sorry.
1: Yeah, but it's okay. But I, maybe not. See, I already forgot. No, let's talk about the jury. If I remember, if something comes up, I'll. will say. So the jury, you know. Joe uh, is where essence resides, right? You know, kid. You know, kidney is this play, mysterious place where uh, wondrous ability resides, right? So um, ability to. Persevere to push through obviously resides uh, in in kidney, in in the kidney in ger. and people with strong jaw could really persevere through really difficult issues and um, you know all these crazy stories we hear hearing, you know mother running up picking up the bus and stuff that like that burst of um, of strength usually we see, we have, attributed to jur usually. Though but there's a strong connection between jur and the paw. You know, they both kind of travel together and um, and kidney, oh, jur anchors the paw and the paw kind of moves the juror, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the relationship between kidney and lung, obviously. Right, right,
0: right so the, do you think it's kind of like you know like the juror like the will is kind of like you see you meet for example a lot of people with like a lot of ideas right the inspiration to do something but then they don't carry it out <laughs> like they're like oh, oh you yeah. do that it's, thing and then also they are they forget
1: yeah, they do exactly. oh there are people that have ideas all the time and usually <laughs> nothing happens they don't it's not as the juror on the pole, so you have a great idea you know ideas spark in in the uh, you know in the shin in the heart right i have a great idea you start thinking about it and the development of idea is the e right which is the process of this thinking of the clarity and thinking and then but then you have to do some of it you make a plan right right and to usually they don't get past that part the people you know so then so Oh, if you do make a plan, like, oh, it's too much work. I, obviously, it's not, it's not a conscious, frequently it's not a conscious decision, but yeah. Ability to follow through stuff is definitely, uh results in general. And somebody might have weak kidneys from Chinese medicine um, perspective, but not have weak, weak general. There's, You know, there are many, like somebody said, oh, my spleen is... Re- really messed up i have this but then in the other part spleen is really healthy so there's each organ has many facets of things you know and just because you have a kidney deficiency one aspect doesn't mean you have every aspect of kidney is weak oh that goes with all the organs as you you know right Mm
0: -hmm. how about the uh sorry the last one the e you kind of briefly mentioned it with the intent which we say is related to the spleen
1: yeah, and so E resides in this process of thinking and have a thought clearly process the information and uh, calmly. I don't want to say follow through, but calmly process the information and be able uh, to have a thought that's clear without jumping. Well, again, we have to be careful. Once we start talking about jumping all over the place, might be some mail. But yeah, the, so the clear process of thinking is E also. People, one thing. So people, the dreams. Even though the initial spark of a dream is, I think, you know, personally, that's hard. Um, But but people dreaming, the hoping, you know, all the daydreaming, everything is, which is really wonderful and normal, unless you daydream and don't do anything else. But right. So that's that's the E. But E. So there's one thing you know we learned that um, E gets injured by too much thought. And actually, I, have a, uh, I don't agree with the statement just as that. We have great thinkers um, and scientists that uh, all they do is think, but they seem to have good E. It's unhealthy thoughts. War- too much worrying or kind of have this kind of repetitive mm-hmm. Oh, and that's what happens clinically frequently when we see people, people with depression frequently have problems with the spleen, spleen liver, I mean, multiple organs. But this process of people get stuck in the cycle when they keep thinking this constant thought over and over and over again. That seems to be very, very uh, injuring on the, on the E. And in fact, so when, when I treat people with um, depression and stuff, uh, if I find them that they can't get out of the cycle, all right. Can't get out of the cycle of this thinking and, um, in, and obsessing about stuff. Um, I might turn to treatment of uh, the E. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to mention, I don't always do it, but frequently in the treatments of five minds, I somehow think of kidney. I usually, not always the jura point, but some kind of kidney. Uh, point, uh, frequently kidney three or something. Um, because mainly I do the outer shoe points and this treatment when I, uh, for me, when it's a deficiency condition, when the excess conditions, I tend not to do that. So even the serious mental emotional issues with person completely lost touch of reality, right, with like schizophrenia or certain types, certain periods of manic depression, some man, I mean, at certain severe manic states. I don't usually turn to other shoe points. I mainly turn them in in, uh, in, times when there's a deficiency. And I'm not sure if it's right or wrong, but for me, clinically, it seems to be more appropriate, works better and more appropriate. Okay.
0: I have a question just about the what your understanding or your thought on the five, because we said the five minds are innate, right? That they, part of it is partly is inherited from your parents. The other part is that it is influenced by your socials interactions or your, the, your upbringing, like the things Everything, you experience uh, in life. Yeah. Yeah. So if that's the case, like if it's, if there's that innate aspect to it, that, that's something that's kind of coded in your genes, for example, how much mm-hmm. can you have an effect on the five minds with treatments?
1: Well, that's a great question. I, you know, um, I don't want to answer it in my favorite answer depends <clears throat> because I have, I'm going to ask you a question. Why somebody, you know, who's born to, you know, good family, good home, healthy environment, and then end up having emotional issues. And mm-hmm. then somebody who goes through Holocaust and all kinds, I mean, that's pretty, silly. I'm just jumping right in. Oh, mm-hmm. you know, through the war-torn country, like to all this, and then they come out, okay, I mean, you know what I mean? So there's, there's so much to it. Um, what I know is this. Frequently, we could make the difference. Can we change somebody's personality? I don't think so. But a lot of it, there is a lot of effect that happens as we go through life. And I, th- right, so that learning probably effect and changes in the fact that happens through our life learning probably could be, um, you know, could be influenced more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a great question. I don't, you know, the it's the same question, can we, uh, replenish essence by doing Chikorofin, right, right? right, right. I don't, I, I don't think so, but sure. I mean, I, w- I want to, but
0: right? Because I guess when we're as clinicians, we're seeing patients when there's already I guess some kind of disharmony to the five minds and that has led to presentation of actual physical symptoms, right? So then when we're treating them, we can actually, I think we'll in we, general, if your uh, approach is accurate or precise or you're doing the right thing, in general, there should be some improvement in their that disharmony, right? You can, like, they might have physical symptoms, well, right?
1: Improvement to the symptoms. I mean, we start with always improving the symptoms. So yeah. and so, the one thing again, I wanna, um, and again, I'm not saying this is how it is. This is my view on it. Uh, we should not just right away jump on five minds. I mean, the tendency frequently, uh, especially well, anyway, tendency in the West, we try to do a lot of esoteric stuff i don't think this is uh, esoteric so i've seen people right away that do the this treatment and maybe they're correct i tend not to do that i first treat right you know normal treatment that we do and i see you know i'll never do this in the first treatment either in general and we try to make changes you treat the channels you treat the organs normally you still have to tr- treat the physio- physiology right and then as we go through the process, if person needs it, we then try to uh, affect, uh, you know, try to affect them a deeper level, right? Because it does, uh, through five minds. Um, in general, mental, emotional disorders uh, or conditions are difficult to treat. I've been treating them since I first got out of school without even being prepared for it. So a lot of learning happened just
0: mm-hmm.
1: by seeing patients. And I've had patients some, for, um, I've had pre, Patients with, with serious uh issues, and some I treat for five six years and After that, you could see them kind of change changing the kind of the actually not just the symptoms like people going back to work people reentering society but it doesn't happen always some uh, some people you know the people with some severe depression they unfortunately sometimes things don't work out you know and um you know, yeah.
0: So know. the distinction between patients, so like when you're in your clinic, a patient comes in with issues, let's say they say, oh, I've been, you know, having a lot of um, sorrow or uh, for the past couple of weeks because uh, a family member passed away or something like that. So immediately, will you say, oh, that's a 5 mine issue or you say, oh, it's just like a temporary kind of issue with the emotions or... Like, how do yeah. we distinguish between an issue that's related to the five minds and one that's just affecting, like, just the seven motions and not related to, like, some cautious state of mind?
1: Well, I think if somebody recently, a family member passed away, and we talk about a few weeks, even a month or so, it, again, it depends. Oh, if it's a child, months. I think it's a normal grieving process. Mm-hmm. And it's not, uh, I don't think uh, it's necessarily a five-mind issue. and even. Uh, maybe six months down the line, it might not be a five-mile issue. When you see, especially with grief, once you see the effect in somebody, uh, people are unable to function. That's a big, unable to function. Also, it's amazing how actually follows Chinese medicine, uh, you know, like kind of uh, physiology, people start having problems with lungs. Mm-hmm. So initially, you know, People might be weepy and have that, don't have really a strong voice and stuff, but then people start having uh, breathing issues or not able to, you know, so it's interesting. So, only when, um, when I think a person is stuck in grief and, and able to get out of grief or change some grief, I don't think you could get out. You know, losing a child, I don't know, how do you get over that? It's abnormal situation. You know, usually you lose your parents. Right, that's a normal, though it's painful, it's a normal process. Uh, losing a child is really difficult, and I've treated uh people with that. It's and some I have actually had a patient right before I started practicing in Vermont uh, in Washington. She was an amazing person, and she lost a child and probably helped that she was also a therapist. Now, I mean, she was retired now, but she had a great grace about her. About So, she went through the process of grieving and. Around the day of his death or his birthday, she would get emotional, so I would have to treat that. But in general, she was doing really well. Mm -hmm. And so, again, don't right away assume when somebody comes in with grief or some kind of other serious issue, right away jump in and do that. Even if you bring kids with developmental, not, I shouldn't say developmental. How about um, kids that can uh, keep focus, right? And you say, um, I think it's related to the heart. I might not right away jump and treat UB44, the, you know, the shunt point. Uh we're gonna palpate the channels, we're gonna try to treat uh the physiology, right? Try to treat the channels, try to treat, treat that way. And if somebody gets better that way, it's actually there's no need to address, right?
0: So, how do you decide when a patient it's like an, a five minds issue? Is it more of like a crot Like more so what, deeper? Like how, what what gives you what helps you in your diagnosis to determine that? Oh, this guy, well, this issue is a five mind issue.
1: I'm gonna correct you. I just mm-hmm. just to, uh, I'm gonna be picky. Not a, if I decide if it's a five mind. It could be a five mind thing, but I don't choose to treat it through using five mind points, right? So frequently, it's a five mind thing, and I still initially treat treat the channels the normally you know what we normally do when do i decide when i'm uh, one patient's not getting better and they're stuck in the cycle like and, and i can't what i think i'm unable to change enough with channel treatment yeah
0: so is it more like a deep-rooted kind of um psycho-emotional kind of issue that's it's not just like oh i just had you know my my dad passed away a week ago and that that's led to some grief or is it more kind of like chronic like you know grief for like 20 30 years or 40 years or
1: both deep-rooted mm-hmm. and uh deep-rooted and a chronic issue but again i want to emphasize again when somebody comes in with a deep-rooted yeah, I, I still first initially try to treat the channels uh, because think about this if the channels uh, not working properly. There's a bunch of issues with general organ system, right? If we just do, we not be able, not be able to affect the the actual those areas enough, right? Mm-hmm. You need to get a kind of you have to treat in general and try to reestablish normal function of channels. You don't, you can't always do that, and you know. Again, I'm not. This is sort of how I view it. I'm not saying that's.
0: I understand. That's how I tra- approach it. I just re- I think I mentioned this say- a, a, a while ago, but I had this patient like uh, last year around this time, and she had her main complaint at the time was just headaches. Um, mm-hmm. And she had like a lot of signs of Shaoyang fire too, but I was using like Sandro 5, GB41 to clear that fire, and like maybe small intestine 3, things like that just for the. Uh, mm-hmm. those symptoms and she had been actually hospitalized in for uh uh, in a psychological psychiatric hospital in china i think because she had the like she was just sleeping in bed she was like not leaving her she was just stuck in bed for for, for a long time so i think her husband sent her there and they gave her just a ton of western medic you know medication and she was eventually, you know, after a couple of weeks, she was released from the hospital, but she, the remaining thing she had was this headache. And then, so she came mm-hmm. for treatments with me and, um, those symptoms got better. And then, and like that fire, the shang fire, she had like poor sleep too, like difficulty falling asleep and those symptoms got better. I think I mentioned this to you before, but then, uh, then she went back to her home province and she got continued to get some treatments there. And they did this, um, uh, dragon, uh, Fire moxa on the back on the spine, where you put like a a layer of garlic <laughs> yeah. and ginger, and then that loose mox on top, and then you set it on fire. And, and she got warm. Right? Yeah, because you know most people it should be good, but she had like shaoyang fire, right? So th- they did that, and then she got nosebleeds like after two two treatments. Oh wow! So then she came back a month later for for continue to to get more treatments again because she said, oh, now like poor sleep was her main issue, and then it became really difficult for me because she had like lots of like excess shaoyang fire and i think that added heat from the mocks that just made it worse but then over that course of treatments like that was like right before covid19 like january ish um but anyway i learned some some issues like that like she had more deep-rooted issues starting from like some childhood trauma um and i think that's what that's why i realized oh this is a much deeper issue it's not just you know a temporary you know just some shaoyang fire some you know stress that caused, like, you know, shot on fire is much deeper. We root, like with probably history of 20, 30 years or so. Yeah. And that's when I, I was like, oh, this, I don't know. I think I thought I could help a bit, but I don't think I could have changed that. Like, what well, you were saying that ingrained kind of state of mind, that disharmony, it was very difficult. The last uh, part of the treatment was very difficult, I think. Like, yeah, but, oh,
1: but this is when we, so when we have somebody with childhood trauma, we mm-hmm. definitely, that's when we look at five emotions for sure. Mm-hmm. At some point, treat them. The one thing I want to say, so if I have somebody with serious uh, emotional, you know, psych-emotional issues with trauma and stuff, uh, I hope they've seen uh, a counselor or some kind of therapy. They need to do something else besides, yeah. know. Yeah,
0: she, she did. Like she had, but she was a kind of, she was very, uh, she was, uh, did not want to receive any kind of counseling and she had done it before. She said it didn't work. Um, so yeah. it, it was difficult, but
1: so,
0: yeah. especially I think what complicated was that moxa fire in the back that just led this led to this more extreme fire in her. But and it was very difficult to release. But and then COVID nineteen started, so I couldn't like continue the treatments.
1: Right, right. Well, what would you see No,
0: I don't know. It's hard to say because she's coming from another province. So she did. Con- we were in touch. Uh, I think a few weeks ago, and she said she wanted to come again. To I think this episode is like. Um, I think we're nearing the end of the episode is there okay. anything else you want to say in the end about the five minds to in summary um
1: well ask me a question sure I, I mean if i start talking it'll be another half.
0: Question. i'm afraid of asking a question you will just say it depends
1: <laughs> I'll ask, a quick one and ask a question i could answer quickly then i won't say it depends
0: uh sorry i can't um
1: obviously, obviously for those that don't know us we have many many years uh history of many years being friends
0: and stuff so yeah yes yes um now now you're making me uh, come up with a way to conclude the, oh. um so do you have any uh, suggestions for people when they see a patient um again i keep on repeating this one question but i guess to summarize it like the connection between the five minds and seven emotions um if you see that well, in the clinically what would you do?
1: Well, just again, so if somebody's expressing long-term, expressing the seven emotions inappropriately, meaning not healthily, think of maybe uh, looking five minds and see possibility of treating five minds through those outer shoe points, there's five of them. And again, the way I do it is combining, when I do that, combining the inner and outer shoe points with source points. And usually source points, Usually I just do one, I mean, once in a while two. But again, this is making me, uh, takes me out of my comfort zone using very few needles. When I do this treatment, I use, for me, lots of needles. Um, So yeah, but usually I do one or two distal points and then some points on the back.
0: But do they have to, they have to show signs of more of like deficiency signs? Is that the case? Like if there's signs of excess, you would not use that, right?
1: I tend not, I don't do that. I'm not saying it's wrong, I just, I don't do that. I do other stuff, Uh, yeah. Because I think, and again, my opinion, I think is when these organs that affect, this part that affects the actual one of the five minds is deficient, the part that affects them, the reason they're not working properly is there's more deficiency. And if there's more excess, like with, uh, like people really being impulsive and really being angry. There's other ways for us to deal with it. There's other uh, actually. Better, uh, for me, it's better addressed through actual regular channels. Okay,
0: that's perfect. Thanks a lot, Yefim. And I, I know we could probably talk about this for a, a long time, but um, sure, uh, we'll save that for okay. future episodes. <laughs> looking forward to it. Yeah. Okay, John. Okay. Have a good night. Uh, take care. Okay. Bye. bye.